it did to do and welcome into more important issues. It is Wednesday, June 3rd. Guys are back on campus. Apparently the NBA has a deal to in place, ready yeah, to go. Going to Orlando. It, I don't know if the MLB's ever gonna come around. NHL's working back. Sports are coming back. I'm feeling it. It, it it's a it's a good news that sports are back, obviously, um, with you know today's news of the passing of uh, legendary Vol, Johnny Majors. Um, you know, sad, but we also are going to memorial, you know, memorialize his life because you said it before the show got on. Um, the man lived a long and um, fulfilled life, and he dedicated a lot of his life to uh, Tennessee and Tennessee athletics. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit and talk about what you know what his legacy holds, especially here um, on uh, at Tennessee. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely get into that. We, we've got a good show for you guys. We're talking about uh, the football season. It feels so close. Uh, hopefully everything can kind of maintain uh, some normalcy or get back to normalcy, I guess. And we'll be uh, with as long as far as COVID goes. And we'll see a 2020 football season starting on time. Going to talk about some of those expectations as well as kind of look back to 2019 uh, and what, what all happened in uh, in that season. And then we've got uh, another Doug's victory. I know you're shocked. You shouldn't be. <laughs> you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be at all. Just, that we're just was sarcasm. Eat, we're just eating dubs. Eating dubs. James yeah. Winston style. Exactly. Exactly. And then we've got, uh, we're going to talk about some other things as well, plus our segments. We've got a great show. If you have any questions, make sure you drop them in the chat. I'm watching YouTube. How are you guys doing on YouTube? Not yet. I'm not. I'm sorry. I spoke too soon. I'll get there. Um, but I am watching YouTube and uh, um, already got some rest in peace, Coach Major. Absolutely. Rest in peace. And uh, uh, I'm also watching Twitter. Landon's got Facebook. So if you have any questions, uh, let us know. Holler at us and we'll, we'll get to them. Bear with us. Also in the show, well, you got a chance, like always, to win a $25 gift card to Hound Dogs. Landon's going to tell you how you can do that. Yeah, so go on uh, volunteerroadshow.com, create your profile. That gets you um, all, our, all of our free content, all our articles, shows, everything like that. Um, so create that, and it puts you in the drawing each episode to win a $25 gift certificate to Hound Dogs. Yep. Easy. Easy enough. It's free money. We're trying to trying to give you some money. Yeah. So um, we'll give that away at the end of the show. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, check out our sponsors, uh, Tennessee Tap House. Uh, like we said, Hound Dogs, Bet Now, and Commercial Bank. Um, I'm going to tell you guys about Commercial Bank. Commercial Bank is your neighborhood bank, and they're a leading financial institution with the services, capabilities, and resources of regional and national banks. Whether it's purchasing a home, saving for your child's future, or planning your next vacation, Commercial Bank is with you every step of the way to navigate life's big decisions. Life made better. Visit cbtn.com to learn more and find a branch near you. Guys, go check out the official bank of more important issues, Commercial Bank. Do it now. Dude, this is like, 2020 is definitely the longest year of all time, right? It's it's been weird. Some months feel really long, and some months feel like they like I April flew by. Yeah, March and May have been even part of parts of Mar- May. Excuse me, were went by pretty fast. Like the first half of May, I was like, oh, this is going to be a long one, and then the second half blew by. So it's definitely been a weird experience. Um, there's obviously a lot going on uh, in 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 the world right now that. Um, uh, it's definitely going to, um, we're going to learn how to navigate and we're going to get better from, from everything that that's happening. Um, for sure. But yeah, it's definitely felt like a long, absolutely long year, uh, so far. Uh, and then it's not been a normal year either. NASCAR ball already said, I've already been called out for not wearing a hat. I know I walked out of the house, not wearing one and just didn't think I almost, I actually almost turned around and went and got one. 
Uh, I feel very naked without a hat, so I'm sorry. Uh, If it's distracting, I apologize. This is a family (laughs) podcast. You can't be nude on here, David. I know. I'm sorry. Um, Well, let's get right into the talking about Johnny Majors. Uh, Passed away this morning at the age of 85. Legendary Vol. We talk about the guys, uh, the the guys and and guys and girls that, that give their life to the University of Tennessee. This is one of them. This is a guy who is from the state of Tennessee, from Franklin County. Um, played at Tennessee, was a grad, was an assistant coach at Tennessee before returning in uh, 1977 to a. I mean, I, there's no reason to leave your national championship post um, for anything but going home, and because uh, it was a very uh, not a very good football team, and guys on that football team have said that. Yeah, uh, I think it was. Um, I'm trying to remember who it was this morning that I. It was, it was an interview with Austin Price said uh, he that it was definitely a tough team to coach for Johnny Majors, uh, but he accepted the challenge because it was his alma mater. It was his home. Um, like I said, the man gave his life to Tennessee, and uh, and I know you know there was a lot of issues. It was Pat and, Ryan, that's who it was. Pat Ryan. Okay, yeah. I almost said Pat Ryan. I didn't want to misspeak. Um, and this is you know this is a guy who did have you know a little. I'm not going to go into details, but I mean, everybody knows what happened in the, the mid nineties and he didn't really come, come back to Tennessee for a while, but he was welcomed with open arms and, you know, the university did a lot, uh, that they did, you know, were able to, uh, you know, get, bring that relationship back together and even retired his number in 2012. Is that right? Yeah. I think AJ Johnson was the last one to wear that number. Yeah. And, uh, oh, did they not see, I didn't, I didn't know if they retired his Jersey or his number. Because now I know they started retiring jerseys rather than numbers. Gotcha. So I don't know how that. Yeah, that I don't know how that works. Um, but I mean, if forty-five, I guess we could go look at the roster real quick. If forty-five is still in use, I feel like that's a number that uh, is it number seven at LSU. That's like an honorary. You know, they choose a they choose a. Um, yeah, it's like, like your, the best, your best player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I feel like that would be something appropriate for number forty-five. Um, yeah, whatever that criteria may be. Uh, that would definitely be an, an appropriate way to memorialize uh, Johnny Majors, and um, there is no 45 currently listed on, listed on the roster. Um, would definitely be a way to uh, to memorialize him, I think. And, and even people mentioned, so you have that 21-22 series with Pitt coming up, uh, type of uh, trophy mm-hmm. for that that series, or uh, wearing throwback jerseys and, and different things. Yeah, that would be. Uh, first off, anytime you throw throwback jerseys out there, I'm in. Absolutely, <laughs> count me in. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, to honor someone like like uh, Johnny Majors, yeah, I think it would be an awesome way to do it. Yeah, and, and we talked about kind of you. You mentioned how how his life was. You know, he lived a fulfilled life. Um, you know, we weren't around while he was at Tennessee, mm-hmm. but growing up, you knew who Johnny Majors was just because of the guy he is. Yeah, we we, we talked about the rewatch. <laughs> I, I've seen the '85 Sugar Bowl. Probably more than most people that were alive in 85. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, yeah, two-time SEC MVP, um, All-American in 1956, finished second in the Heisman that year. Should have been first. Um, the only player to win the Heisman and be on a losing team was the guy in Notre Dame. Yeah, that was a – In 1956. That's trash. And anyway, I think, you know, Johnny Majors, I think, even said he deserved it, but – I. Are you are you not gonna say that you know? Yeah. So what do you do? Yeah, um, yeah. Like you said, he was he was a GA at Tennessee. Got his first head coaching job at Iowa State. Um, then went to Pitt, and his last season season at Pitt in 1976 won a national title. Um, built that team around Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett ended up winning the Heisman that year. Yep. 
Um, and then went from went to Tennessee, 1977 to 1992. Um, was 116-62-8. and um, While at Tennessee, won three SEC titles, not, uh, 85, 89, and 90. Um, some notable games. I wrote down some notable games. Like you, okay. you mentioned, the 85 Sugar mm-hmm. Bowl. Um, they beat number two Miami, I think, 35-7. to seven. Yeah. It was something like that. Um, they beat – uh, that right here, thirty-five to seven. Okay. Uh, Heisman winning quarterback Vinny Tessaverdi was um the, at the helm of that Miami team and um just blew them out. And I think Johnny Majors even says this after the game that was one of the biggest upsets in Tennessee history. Oh yeah, I mean it was a uh, it was a you know a, a prominent game. I mean that's talked about regular like Johnny Majors passing away isn't why Tennessee fans are talking about it now. I mean that's why they talked about it today, but it's not why. Tennessee fans talk about it now. Yeah. It is a very memorable game as far as Tennessee football history goes. Definitely Johnny Major's history, but also ten- Tennessee football history. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it, especially during this offseason when we're just trying to find you know things to entertain ourselves. We've talked about it at least, I'd say, half half the shows. Yeah. I- I've watched the the 85 Sugar Bowl. I want to rewatch the uh, Miracle at South Bend. That, that's the next game I have written down that was yeah. that was a really good game um and then the the bo jackson yeah number, number one auburn that, uh, upset number one auburn um when bo jackson was averaging like 247 yards a game held him to under 100 yeah held him to 80 yards exactly yeah. that's uh that's one of my that's another one of my dad's uh stories that he told often was bo jackson coming to Neyland and uh not getting quite the welcome he expected yeah didn't like it and i think bo jackson Hurt his knee, so there's a, again Neyland Stadium. It's just that <laughs> that's that bad term. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, we're not gonna out anybody, but uh, I've got I may have some questions if this uh, this continues. Right. I, well, I shouldn't say I'll have questions, but you know some people might. Well, I, I think, know Georgia fans already do. I think a lot of people forget like Johnny Majors was kind of like he was Tennessee football after Robert Neyland. Like that was right yeah. after Neyland left is when or, or was done. Johnny Majors came there as a freshman. Yeah. Um, so he was kind of, well, you know, he wasn't the coach, but I feel like at that point you're kind of like, <laughs> well, he was, I mean, he was a big, he was very prominent, uh, mm-hmm. within the program. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, a guy that should have won the Heisman. Yeah. So. And I've tried to figure out the game cause I saw someone talk about it. I don't know if I've heard this story. So if you've heard it and know it, uh, comment in the, um, sorry, I, I did hear it on, uh, I think Tennessee released a video today mm-hmm. of uh, one of Johnny Majors telling stories um, about him playing every single snap in a game. He also punted. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean he played every. And I, I read where in some games, so they ran, they ran basically the wing tee, which, um, and he led the offense in a, or he led the a lot of games in passing as well. Um, oh, wow. So rushing, passing, yeah. and punting. So. Do it all. Should have won that, the Osmond. So he's the original. We talked about Booby Miles. I uh, can't remember who we were talking about. One of the guys that committed to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Oh, my goodness. North Carolina. Rim Sauer, North Carolina. Uh, what was his name? Yeah. Um, Cayman Marley. Cayman Marley. Yeah. So it jo- turns out Johnny Majors was the original Booby. He's the original Johnny Football. Absolutely. OG Johnny Football. OG. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. If you've got any of your favorite uh, Johnny Majors stories, I know you probably can't type them out completely in the comments. Um, just uh, we may know them, so just uh, t- type us a quick message. Uh, what's your favorite one? Favorite one to uh, hear? Maybe favorite game? 
Yeah. We talked about some of the most memorable games, uh, favorite games. I, a lot of people, too, have posted some really cool stories about Johnny Majors, not just as a coach, as a person. I saw one today that um, – he was good friends with someone that worked at the airport because he would he would fly out of Mickey Tyson often and actually wrote him a hand, handwritten letter when uh, he passed away, wrote his family a handwritten letter. Oh, wow. um, and then just a few days ago, someone shared a picture of him in um, Lowe's talking with a, a family that he had met, or Home Depot one. Uh, yeah, I think Lowe's. in Pat Ryan's story, he mentions, like, if you talk with Johnny Majors, of course it's going to turn into, like, an hour. Well, that's a, another story someone was telling. Someone tweeted out that they had went up just to be like, hey, coach, good to meet you. Go Vols. And he ended up like, oh, you know, what do you do for a living? How many kids you got? And yep. the guy was like, I got to go. <laughs> good to talk to me. <laughs> so um, just a very personal person that uh, was a great guy. And uh, great. we talk about some of those guys that are great ambassadors for the University of Tennessee. And this is a guy that when you hear his name, he's synonymous with the University of Tennessee. Yeah. And I have a funny story. This is kind of more recent. He was at like the coaching clinic that mm. Tennessee puts on, and he uh, he parsed right in front of Anderson Training Facility, and he goes up and is shaking hands. You know, I guess giving people hugs and everything, and which I guess you can't do that right now. Um, but the security guard comes up to him. He's like, "Hey, Coach Majors, you care to move your car?" And he's like. No, my name's on the on the road. Yeah, apparently they wrote him a ticket is what they were saying <laughs> today. And he he's like, I'm not paying that. <laughs> and uh, I, I, there's a rumor that when he came back, you know, every reconciled with Tennessee that he was supposed to be allowed to park wherever he wanted to. So, <laughs> I mean, if, if you, the road's named after you, I think you can park wherever you want. I, I think if you want to leave your car in the middle of the lane, I yeah. think you should be allowed to. Uh, they also had a... Uh, um, did you see the video? It's an older video. You probably saw it when it first came out, at least, of him directing traffic right there on uh, 17th Street, I think, and uh, Highland, maybe. Okay. Him directing traffic on a game day. He gets out of the car. He has traffic that's moving slow and got out. It might have been a spring game. I can't remember. And oh, and they, they tell him to get back in the car? Yeah. Well, okay. they, he had to leave. Like, he was just directing so he could get out. Oh, okay. <laughs> so they went around <laughs> so he could direct, I guess? No, no. They were, like, in line, like, Six, seven cars back. He oh, gets out. okay. He gets out and walks up there. Traffic. Okay. Yeah. That's, it's that's a, it's a pretty good video. Um, yeah, I mean, it shows the, the clout this man had uh, on campus. And, yeah, you're um, not going to You're not gonna listen. To if that. he tells you to go or stop, you go yeah, or stop. You which, do. Which, <laughs> I don't care he, what the stop sign says. Johnny yeah. Majors told you what to do. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, no, there, there's obviously been some, some fantastic mm-hmm. stories that either I've not heard or I've forgotten that have uh, come out. Um, today with, with former players or, or just people who watched Tennessee when Coach Majors was here. And um, it's it's been – it's been a, a – a, you know, it's made the the day a little bit more lighthearted getting to hear these stories about a great person. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think they do need to do something else to, to honor him. Um, whether, you know, a lot of people are saying build a statue. I don't – I'd be fine with that. Um, I, I would imagine you see um, – like a helmet sticker, a helmet or, sticker, or like a patch on the field. Some, yeah, I, I would imagine you see something more than just you know tweets and yeah posts about. Because uh, I mean, as sad as it is when just a normal normal is not the right word, but just when like a former player, or former coach would pass away, it, it's it's much more important when it's someone who meant. You, you mentioned how he was Tennessee football, kind of after Neyland left. It was. I mean, there were a few. You know, there's plenty of coaches between him. Mm-hmm. And kneeling as far as coaches go, that are that are more you know that that we remember and that were great, but it that's it's it's Robert Nealon, Johnny Majors, 
and Philip Fulmer. Yep. Those are the first three names when you're talking about Tennessee football that absolutely or head coaches at least that pop in your head. Yep. So it's uh it's definitely a lot, been a, that's a lot better lineup than the last three we've had. Yes. It. Uh, yes, and I mean even the you know yeah no it's it's definitely I'm I'm hoping uh Pruitt can somehow etch his name and in. in in that list of coaches, and uh, you ten, you mentioned how the uh, sorry, I'm trying to pull something up here. Um, maybe not gonna do it right now. Uh, but yeah, that, uh, you also hope Jeremy Pruitt's uh, has an effect on the uh, Tennessee program. If it's half as good as Johnny Majors, I think we'll be very happy where we're at. Absolutely, absolutely. So that would be nice to do. Um, Lynchburg, Tennessee. Where is Lynchburg? Is the um, is the uh, oh my gosh the Jack Daniels? Oh, oh the home okay. of Jack Daniels. That's right. Distillery. That's right. Yeah. So that's like near um, Frank, like kind of Nashville-ish. I think it's southeast of Nashville. If I so Murfreesboro-ish. Yeah, I think I think it's southeast right there. of Nashville. Okay. Don't hold me to that. I'm not willing to put my life on it or anything. But. That's kind of weird, like how Lynch, like Johnny Majors and Phil Fulmer were kind of around the same area. Yeah, they they both were. Uh, I think Phil Fulmer was Franklin, right? Manchester, 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 or okay. Winchester, Winchester. I get them both mixed up, but they're they're very close to each other. Yeah, very. Uh, I think it's Winchester, Middle Tennessee. <laughs> yep, we'll call it that. Yep. Um, we've actually got a rod. Dylan Taylor's from Lynchburg. He is. Yeah, he wrote an article. One of our writers wrote an article about um, Johnny Majors today, so go uh, go check that out. I'm, I missed that. I'm going to have to go check it out. I, I read it earlier. It's a good, good article. There you go. Thank you, Dylan Taylor. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually not. I thought I'd get hot in this jacket. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not that bad. I actually meant to mention Landon going? Rock in the 80s-ish. Yeah, I thought I'd tribute a little bit. Um, I like it. Yeah, no, it looks it's, great. It's so weird. That orange looks good on you. Yeah, though. It's a little off. It, it, it is a little off, and it doesn't help that I have, like, the uh, <laughs> the, actual, the new orange. Yeah. Um, I need to see if that orange matches my new golf bag. I didn't get it because it was Tennessee orange. It's not Tennessee orange. but Gotcha. It's probably closer to, like, a Syracuse orange, but... Yeah, this is about what that is. So, yeah, I'd say that's, that's pretty close. I had to take off my Tennessee driver cover, though. That's a little, I'm going to try to get a white one. A white Tennessee okay. driver cover. The the orange clashes clash. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to clash them. Doesn't look good. Or just maybe a different color. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on though from Johnny Majors. Obviously, this is a guy who kind of kicked off the decade of dominance. Uh, was a great player, um, a great coach, and then uh, a great just alum of the University of Tennessee. And uh, he will be missed by the Tennessee family. Uh, maybe you know twenty twenty will be a year that you can kind of memorialize him in how not only what you talked about what you do patch um you know a, a logo on the field um it, it, maybe we can also do it in our play and uh play like a johnny majors coach team you heard all the players talk about how hard nosed those football teams were they were fast and physical um it, it, we'd like to return to those days of, of johnny majors football yeah I'd, li- I'd like to see maybe eric gray win a Osman. that'd be that'd be cool that'd, that'd be nice <laughs> i would i would uh not be upset about that exactly at all uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the 2020 season a little bit. We're going to peek into it. And we've, we've actually kind of touched on this subject a little bit, but it was a Fisher release. I forgot to write down the number, how they ranked it, so I hope you got that number. Um, so the or ESPN, SEC Network released, was that SEC Network? Mm-hmm. Released their top 10 defenses for the year? Yeah. 
uh, who who they their preseason top defenses they expect. And Tennessee was at number seven. Number seven. Number yeah. seven. Okay. Sorry, I forgot to write that down. Um, glad to know I got that right though. That was that's pretty impressive, right? Killing it. And I think we're th- fourth in the SEC. Fourth in the SEC. So that I, you know, another thing that kind of uh, we are one ahead of Alabama though. Really. Interesting. All right, they, they've got a lot to replace. Yeah. Which Tennessee, I'm going to touch on, the, you know, going to get into this. Kind of, you know, a bit to replace. I think the good news is, and I'm, you know, I don't mean this negatively at all, the biggest thing you have to replace is Darrell Taylor. And, yes, Darrell Taylor gave this defense a ton, but he wasn't this star-studded. It's not replacing Derrick Barnett, looking yeah. back into recent history. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you do have to replace the speed and physicality that Darrell Taylor played with, but um, – I don't think it's an impossible task to replace him. Mm-hmm. I think it's mace. It's to improve of what you had last year. So in total defense, you're number twenty nine mm-hmm. um, last year in total defense. The last time we were a, a top ten in total defense was two thousand eight. Yeah. Um, it, so to, to get to that point, you're going to need leadership, and, and I feel like that's that's kind of what that you know those kids didn't have enough time with Jeremy Pruitt as their head coach to you know, elevate their game enough to maybe get to that top 10 in total defense. Mm-hmm. But you had the leadership to – and you saw it when Daniel Batuli um, came right. back. You know, how much the defense improved under him just having that leadership, just getting, you know, that front seven that was inexperienced lined up. Um, and I feel like you have – you don't maybe not have the leadership that Daniel Batuli brought, but you have a lot – uh, a lot more of, of the older guys that have not only are older, but have also played, had significant playing time. Yeah, and and with great leadership, you pass that leadership on to somebody. And I feel like Daniel Petuli and Henry Toa had a great bond. Um, and I feel like Henry Toa is probably that next um, great leader that you have. Right, and you do, you do you obviously you need a dominant leader when you talk about a football team or a defense. Uh, but there, there's going to be a lot of guys that bring some experience. Um, you saw Daryl Middleton come on at the end of the year. I think he's an example on that on that uh, defensive line. Uh, you have Bryce Thompson, and, and I think uh, Melante Taylor could potentially. I'm kind of putting my hope in him. He he obviously after the BYU game just did not get much of a second chance. Um, but I think with his experience, I think he could do a lot for this defense. And I think you, I think the corner position is going to be a lot of fun this year because you don't drop off when you get into your twos. Yeah. Yeah, okay, maybe you slightly drop off, but you're not you're not you dying have, when you go to your twos. You have capable guys right. at, at twos. Yeah, right. I, and I like what you said about Lelante Taylor because he's with that ball leadership, so I feel like the leadership is probably there. He just got to be more consistent on the field. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I mean, he, he's got pretty much every, like, physical – like, he's a, he's a specimen. Like, right. he's fast, he's strong, he's he's long – um, he just gotta keep his eyes out of the backfield. Yeah, I think I think the biggest question for this, you know, you talk about this high expectations for this defense. I think the biggest question is the defensive line. I think a lot of people want to point to the secondary, specifically the safeties, because mm-hmm. you lose guys like or a guy like Nigel Warrior who really came into into it at the end of the season. But you also still have Jalen McCullough, Travion Flowers, um, Balen Buchanan, Sean Chamberger, and then you you have at corner obviously uh, Thompson, Taylor, Burrell. I mean, a lot of these guys that are going to be just fine. So yeah. I don't think there's a question really at all in the secondary, other than you're probably thinking who can replace. Because Warrior had that leadership. 
Yeah. Not not as significant as Batuli, but he was a leader. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you have a ton of questions of a secondary other than maybe asking who's going to step into that leadership. But mm-hmm. now Bryce Thompson has two years under his belt. You talked about Alante Taylor being a part of that leadership. Sean Schamberger started playing really well at the end of the year. Yeah. I think you have plenty of guys who could step up into that role. Now I think you just look at that defensive line. Who can you replace? Or can you replace Darrell Taylor? Um, you've got some some great outside backers to, to point to that you think you can. And I think the interior line improves. I mean, I, I'm super excited. When I when I saw that, I was like, man, we're competing. Like, our defense is competing with some of the, like, the best in the country. Yep. You know, you, you want to start winning games against Florida, Georgia, Alabama. You start recruiting, number mm-hmm. one, with them. And then you start competing with them on the field. And that competing with them on the field, it, it's going to take more than just that to beat them. Right. But you're, you're heading in the right direction. I mean, I think – I think it speaks to the level of talent you have. You talked about how you like being in, in the mix with those teams. I think it speaks to the talent you have on your roster when you're placed in those uh, preseason polls. Yeah. Because all you have to go, you don't have results to go off of when people are doing that. It's just who do you have on your roster? And, and so I think it speaks to the the, the level this roster's at, where it was th- two, three, probably even a year ago. Yeah. I mean. Two years ago, in 2018, we were number we were number 77 in total defense, mm. and 29 last year. Yeah, that's. I think coaching is one thing, but it's also you know getting the right guys in here. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, SEC dog said, if y'all beat Oklahoma week one, Tennessee will be back until week two. We play Oklahoma in week two, and yeah, you're right. Tennessee will be back in week two. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> uh, no, I, I I'm excited about this defense. I think it has legit talent. I think you do have to answer a lot of questions. Um, we talk about how important the line of scrimmage is all the time in the SEC. You hear former players talk about it all the time, coaches all the time, how important it is. If, if you're that defensive line isn't good, there's only so much your backers and secondary can do. Yep. So it's going to be very, very important. And, and um, I, you know, if you if you really are curious, we, we do kind of go into depth in those positions when we talk about stat leaders. Um, you can go back and listen there. We that, That's a episode where we specifically talk about that. Um, and talk about who could replace Darrell Taylor uh, specifically as our sack leader because you do lose that guy who had I think he had the most hurries and the most sacks on your team. Yep. So it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a job to do, but I I I like the talent we have here. Um, I like the talent that the coaches have brought in, and you have some young guys that could be very impactful on, on the defensive line this year. Yeah, absolutely. And you have, you have a lot of, of veterans on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have eight or nine seniors on the defensive oh, wow. line. Um, I didn't realize that. See, but I mean, like you, you didn't realize that because so many guys produced last year. So many yeah, guys, know. you know, it wasn't just three or four guys played the whole time. You know, they they mixed those guys in, um, and so you, you, you especially saw a lot of it with Kentucky because they mm-hmm. ran so much at right. you. you had to throw different guys in there. But um, yeah, I'm I like the defense. I like that we're becoming, um, you know. I like when we got Pruitt, we're like, oh, man, this is a defensive guru. But people are like, yeah, we got to see it first. And right. now we're, we're starting to, to see Pruitt definitely is a defensive guru. Yeah, it, you kind of saw flashes of it in that first year, but I think you also kind of saw from year one to year two the talent disparity in those years. Yeah. So it's exciting. Um, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of guys in that defensive line that you should look to to be uh, – to be impactful. Um, it's just a question of really, can they do it? Because they haven't really done it yet. Right. So uh, I'm excited to see it. 
Um, let's let's kind of though, let's, let's look back to 2019 and, and talk about some of the biggest uh, surprises, the biggest um, the things that we didn't see coming at the beginning of the year, or maybe didn't see as the season progressed because of the way the season started. Mm-hmm. Um, my my first one is, and you mentioned it for um, the defense next year with the amount of impactful freshmen. That was my biggest surprise: is how many freshman contributors came in um, and played right away. It was Henry Toto, Eric Gray, Jalen McCullough, Darnell Wright, Wanya Morris. Um, Warren Burrell started those games where Bryce yep. Thompson was out, um, and then played a lot when Alante Taylor was struggling. Yeah, too. and Brian Mauer's another one. So yeah, just. Um, a lot of guys that were able to get experience, and that's what's going to help you in the future. You know, Nigel Warrior and, and Daniel Batuli and Darrell Taylor, they didn't really have those guys in front of them to kind of mold them into the players they are. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, they just didn't. Um, right. but they got the, These guys got to sit some, but also get experience, and that's, that's the best way to get better is, is game reps. Oh, absolutely, and and I'll kind of, uh, or I'll I'll go along with the what players. Was, hold on, what was the Butch Jones reference to like mental reps? What was his? I think it was just uh, guys aren't always getting physical reps; they're getting mental reps. It was, but was there an actual name for it? It was. It wasn't mental reps, was it? I I cannot recall specifically. I thought it. I. I mean, he had so many. Sixty three strain. Is that what it was? Sixty three strain. I watched that video the other day where he just stops in the middle of the maxims to spout off all that bullshit. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, I'll, I'll kind of touch on the players, though, that, that kind of surprised us, too. I'm, I'll go with, I think at the beginning of the year, you kind of thought Tim Jordan might be that premier guy, the premier back, and that was shocking. I think a lot of people expected to be Ty Chandler. Um, I think even you know some people expected Ty Chandler, Eric Gray to be splitting the carries back there, and but at the beginning of the year it was Tim Jordan, and uh, you know he was kind of holding it down there. He was the back that the coaches were looking to uh, in in a lot of situations, but yeah, it's uh, Tim Jordan was pretty surprised there. And then I'll go with the obvious one too: the loss to Georgia State hurt, man. It hurt. Yeah, I think both of those games, Georgia State and BYU, were just shocking because you know you, you hope that. You were getting past that, and BYU and getting past playing them close, right? But and then you you end up losing both. BYU, I, you know, playing them close is different. I, I don't think you should have lost the game. You shouldn't have lost the game. Period. Um, th- that was what th- was crazy about week one to week two is you beat George or you lost to Georgia State, and then you're just going just beat BYU and, and you're moving past this. Just mm-hmm. beat BYU and you're moving past it. You play pretty good. You, you know, you make some mistakes that are key, but overall, you know. You looked like you were going to do enough, and then busted coverage. Yep. And then you even get a chance in overtime, and it, you just felt that there was not just kind of laid down enough there to win. Yep. And um, yeah, it just it hurt, and that that was definitely an up and down. And I think after you leave, uh, you left BYU, you play Chattanooga, and you're just going. Just we know it's going to be vanilla. We know it's not, but just go win, do it convincingly, and let's let's move on to Florida. And then you're kind of hoping that you can bounce back at Florida and you just play terrible. And then apparently that's the meeting that kind of turned things around. And I know it doesn't look like it when you got, you know, spanked by Georgia, but there was flashes. You had a young quarterback that was in there. It felt good. Yeah. And it was a bad loss, but overall you're like, maybe there's a chance. Um, I think everybody I did, I know I felt against Mississippi state. I was like, this is the last ditch effort. Like if you don't win this game, you are in trouble. And they did. And it, and did it solidly too. It was a great, 
you played great football. Were mistakes made? Yeah, but you were able to kind of hold on, hold into your own. Um, and then you went to Alabama, and you were just hoping for a good game. And you you were so close to making it a great game, it hurt how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everybody was, you know, those games that it was um, Vanderbilt, Missouri, Kentucky. Um, well, not, not really Vanderbilt. Missouri, Kentucky, Mississippi State, South Carolina. Those games were like, okay, we can't lose this game because we can't lose another game after that. Exactly. Because um, you already kind of counted Alabama as a loss. Right. Well, and that Mississippi State and USC were probably not – the must wins really going into the season, but they progressed that they had, they were must wins. Right. So, yep. Got to win those home games. Um, yeah, that was, Oh my gosh. I mean, we're, we're never going to forget about the Georgia state. That's yeah. No, it's, it's going to hurt. That's what everyone, like everyone wants to tweet you and remind you anytime Tennessee does something good. And it's like, believe me, um, we don't forget. Yeah. (laughs) We remember. We do not forget. Um, one of mine is how much the defense improved when Daniel Petula came back. We talked about that for the for the defense, mm-hmm. um, but dude, it was just like a different team. Yeah, I think a lot of people knew how important Daniel Petula was to that defense, but it definitely highlighted it when he came back because we were not good. Yeah, when he was not there. <laughs> I mean, and you're relying on, um, you know, a freshman, a true mm-hmm. freshman, and then you're relying on Will Ignant and, and Shannon Reed, who hadn't had a lot of game experience. Yep. Um, so, yeah, it, it was all about that. I, I feel like it was all about that. Daniel Batuli is great, but it was that leadership is what um, kind of set him over the top. Right. Um, right. It was also leadership reps. Yeah. <laughs> that, that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Leadership reps? Oh, gosh. That's bad. Um, yeah, I uh, – the – Batuli definitely. I think everybody knew he'd have an impact, but the how much of an impact was was very surprising. Um, and then, I mean, I think the season was was marked by, excuse me, a six game winning streak that was not expected and came with its own hurdles. Yeah. Um, I think in the middle of that was the Jeremy Banks stuff. I can't remember exactly what week that happened, but I think I believe I remember things feeling like they had turned around. And then the arrest happens for a guy who was getting more time on the field. I think it was right before Mississippi State. Cause, was it right before Mississippi State? Because uh, do we play UTC? Is that where he had his inter- interceptions? Yeah, the two interceptions. I feel like that was okay. his last game. Okay, I was thinking that it happened either after Mississippi State or after South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, it was after – it was 10-4. Was that 10, October 4th? I don't know. So, so, so it wasn't quite – it wasn't during our run, during Tennessee's streak. Uh, like I thought it was. Um, but just before the streak started, so it was definitely a bounce back for a guy who's starting to find his way onto the field. Um, you thought that could have really hurt the trajectory of the season, um, but obviously it didn't hinder it. So it was right good. before Georgia. Right before we Georgia. We played Georgia 10 5. Gotcha. There you go. Um, gotcha. So I wonder. Okay. Um, and, and then the uh, within that six-game winning streak, though, I mean, you, you dominated a team like South Carolina who was – I know by that point they weren't very highly regarded, but before the season started, people were talking like they were going to finish in the top half of the SEC East and not have you know too many problems with teams like Tennessee. So that, that was definitely a, a good, um, you know, kind of a surprise for Tennessee to, to dominate like that while also in the middle – right in the middle of a really, really tough quarterback situation yep. where Brian Maurer was out. JG was what we thought, obviously not the guy then. And I'm not saying he was the guy, but he helped win that game. So, 
Yeah, I think, um, and you talk about that quarterback situation, the how dominant Juwan Jennings was even with the quarterback yeah. play being so bad. Yep. Um, you know, he, he almost had 1,000 yards. And, you know, how many – I mean, we, we're, we couldn't really – we didn't have a great running game at that point. Um, so you had to throw. Um, but, I mean, having a different quarterback in there, having the timing off and everything like that, that – but I mean, the the guy just went out there and made plays, and that you can't ask for anything more than that. God, I'm gonna miss John Jennings. <laughs> I'm gonna miss him so much. Yeah, and, that, and, he, and he he sat out a whole year. I mean, we yeah. forget about he played like half a game in that Georgia Tech game, and then um, the next year he came back and had a okay season. I don't even think he had 500 yards. Um, and then he knew this was his last year and balled out. I hope Jeremy Banks is able to, you know, take that year off. Um, or I guess that half a year of what he did last mm-hmm. year, and and just come back with a vengeance like Juwan did. All right, that would certainly be nice. You, yeah, Juwan, was it this? I know it was the fall before he came back that he didn't really practice much in fall, fall, yeah. fall camp. This camp he wasn't a hundred percent either, right? I think he had like a did he have surgery? I think he had like a knee scope right before it. Gotcha. I can't remember. That that could be a total misremember. It could be someone else. Well, I know Batuli had the knee. Scope. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of then. I think Juwan was like coming back during fall camp. I think mm-hmm. that was his a lot of his rehabilitation. So I can't remember. Um, BVD said that Johnny Majors needs to be on the scoreboard. I 100% agree. I who is it right now? Al Wilson, uh, Phil Fulmer. Who's third? Uh, is it is is it Jason Witten? I thought it was Witten. So it is, maybe yeah. I, I think uh, Johnny Majors could. Um, Johnny Majors should be up there. Yeah, I agree. But bad news, it's going to take a couple months to get a crane. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> allegedly. Apparently, allegedly. Um, my next one is just the Eric Gray and how he came on at the end of the season. Because at the yeah. beginning of the season, you know, we I think we said last episode that we heard about him a lot during um, fall camp and everything like that. They're like, this kid's the real deal. And you didn't really see a lot of production from him. He got some carries every now and then, but it wasn't he wasn't getting more than Tim Jordan or Ty Chandler. No. Um and then the end of the season just broke out the way he did. Right. And I think he was like third in he was third in rushing and then at the end of that he at the end of those two games he almost beat Ty Chandler for the leading rusher on the team. Dang. Yeah, that so how many yards was he behind Ty Chandler? I mean, it was like I know he had like five hundred sixty something, and yeah, it was games. like it was yeah, it was like I think he ended up with like five hundred. And, and we talked about potentially him being a thousand yard rusher. Uh, that's going to be a big step. Five hundred yards is a big step. It's going to require um, him being a premier back, him being you know the coaching staff rolling with one guy, not necessarily rolling with the hot hand. It's going to take a lot for twenty twenty to be a big season for him. But I at least expect him to be a key player in it. Absolutely, like he was in the, the second half of this. Second half of the season, excuse me. Yeah, utilize your athletes. Yeah, that's that's why we hired Jim Chaney. Um, another thing of mine is speaking of Jim Chaney, we didn't utilize the tight end. Not enough, definitely. Um, and I don't. I feel like the times when we targeted uh, specifically Dominic Wood Anderson, he was not effective. I don't know why. I don't or, know. If that's, or we threw it out to Rockfield, or uh, it was a bad throw. <laughs> um, so, like I was about to, I was about to say, I don't know how much of that is DWA's fault. And maybe the guy tossing it to him, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure that definitely affected how 
how much we could play the tight end. I, I just don't understand it. Tight end should be your bailout. Like, that should be your safe, especially a guy with the size of Dominique Wood Anderson. Uh, I, we never really got to find out how good his hands were. I know he was pretty highly yeah. coveted coming out of uh, community college, though. Especially, like, all the hits that JG's taken, I feel like he'd be like, yep, yeah, I'm sending it to him. Quick and easy throw. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, just didn't didn't work out that way. But Jim Chaney is is known for utilizing the tight end, and we just haven't we we didn't see it last year. So hopefully we're able to see it this year. Um, I don't know who that. I guess it'd have to be Austin Pope, and, and unless you see a, a a new guy emerge, I think it, yeah. I mean, I think Austin Pope's the one guy until we find out. And, and the unfortunate part of that, he did play really well in the run game this past year, but passing game he was again just like DWA non-existent. So. Yep. Hopefully it hopefully it can happen. I'd like to see uh, running backs utilizing the passing game a lot more too. You got to complete those bubble screens, and you got which yeah. I don't know how much you. It. I don't care if I ever see another bubble screen again. Um, after the couple years we've seen them at Tennessee, but yeah, just I mean, you remember the Indiana game when you know, I think it was two or three times we hit Eric Gray with a check down, and yep. he picked up first downs. That's an easy out. And I'll say you know that about. Uh, in defense of those play calls, uh, Eric Gray really struggled catching out of the backfield earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that hindered that yeah. play calling a little bit. Yeah, Austin Pope had four receptions for 21 yards last year. It's a good average. I'll give him five, you know, five yards at a bad <laughs> average for a tight end. Um, but, yeah, that's not enough to really encourage you to throw more right. to him. Uh, DWA had 21 for almost 300 yards. I didn't realize he had that many. I would, not, I would have guessed he had less than 200. I'd guess – I'm surprised he had 21 receptions. Yep. That was last year? Yeah. Huh. See, 21 for 268. Eric Gray mm-hmm. had 13 for 115. I would have thought. He probably had eight I wonder how many in tar- Indiana game. Yeah, I wonder how many targets he had, too. Because, like, like I said, he, he did not necessarily hold up his end of the bargain when we talk about catching out of the backfield. Or, right. You know, throwing out of the backfield. So. Uh, I, but if he can improve that game, I mean, that drastically improves him, too. And you're at least – I think you're probably looking at over 12, 1,300 yards all-purpose if yeah. he can improve catching out of the backfield. Should. Right. And with that offensive line, I mean, Jesus. It should be, yeah, it should be a problem. Yeah, let's let's get on the train and, and make people get off the tracks. I, I like it. Attack, attack, attack. BVD just said that. Like Johnny Majors. Um, you got anything else for 2019 before we – and I'm glad we won a bowl game. I, I did not in the middle of the no. season. I'm like, no, no. there's no. I didn't way. Even know if we we're gonna make a bowl game. Yeah. Oh, I guess after those first two games, you're like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Uh, when we lost to BYU, I think I, I think I was so sad, and Emily was like, well, can we go? And I'm like, no, I'm gonna sit here and cry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think my exact words were, we're not even gonna make a bowl game. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was the perfect night game, and everybody that was it was it was warm weather, and everybody's like, oh, dude, after we're going out, no doubt. We're going out. That was one of the most fun days I've ever had it. And yeah. before that happened. And then everybody's like It was a great tailgate. No no one even <laughs> talked after. We just went we just went our separate ways. Yeah, I don't remember even seeing anyone at the tailgate. Um and I'm glad I did that didn't because you know, a lot of times, you know, you, you didn't see people at the tailgate? Afterwards. Oh, I was about to say, dang, Gail. <laughs> yeah, I got that. <laughs> Slow yeah, down. Those uh, uh, Maxims <laughs> got you all messed up. No, afterwards when I went to, you know, went over there and I think I'm glad I didn't because, like, you and Brody and Austin would have gotten me amped. Like, I probably would have destroyed some shit. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> I know we would have been just feeding off each other how pissed off we were. <laughs> so I'm glad I didn't, you know, there wasn't anybody there to there to be with me and be angry with me. 
Yeah, that was definitely, and I think I even tried to go to Gus's. I was like, Gus's would just be right right now, and it was the traffic was too bad. Yeah, so it was a sad day for sure. Yeah, I just want to go home and go to sleep. Yep. I was um, done with that. I didn't want any. I wanted to take off my Tennessee stuff. That, that's what I do. Like when I'm angry, I take off my Tennessee stuff. See, I don't, I don't think I've ever like purposely done that. Like I've never been like, all right, shirt off. Like you know, it's a guy orange on it. I'm off. I don't think I've ever done that. Maybe I need to try it. <laughs> yeah. Whatever I've been doing. I don't know if it makes you feel any better. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> don't take it from me. <laughs> um, twenty. Uh, not twenty. Well, I don't know what year. Let's get recruiting. Oh, you want? Oh, yeah. Talk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 talk some recruiting. So, uh, not a lot going on, but I do want to mention some um, guys uh, real quick. So, Vols made the top eight for four-star cornerback Isaiah Johnson. He's a top 100 player out of Bluefield, West Virginia. Yeah, he's a. Oh wait, no, that's not what I'm thinking of. Six two, one eighty. Pretty pretty big corner. Yeah. Um, but Tennessee's going to need to to sign a, a blue chip corner. I think we mentioned a couple shows ago that, you know, Bryce Thompson and Lonte Taylor are potentially going into their last season at Tennessee. You know, they could be headed to the draft after that. I don't I, I think feel like, that's the case, but I feel like both of them may have a shot if they have a good year. I, I think Bryce Thompson is someone I could see that I think it would take a bad year to keep him. Because, I mean, that's the thing now. It's not your best players aren't the only ones going now. It's guys that have had pretty good years that have a good combine. You find yourself in that draft class. Um, so I feel like that's where Bryce Thompson could be. I think Alante Taylor would need a great year to be considered. A yeah, I think he potential. needs production, but I, you know, the the athleticism the kid mm-hmm. has. I mean, if he got to, invited to the combine, somebody's going to take him because right. I mean, the kid's a freak. I, I would I wouldn't disagree with that, I, but I think Bryce Thompson has the better chance. I think he's kind of only if you have a bad year would you be taken out of that consideration. I think he could be have a decent year and still be. He's had the production value that I think. I just don't. I just don't know about his speed. Yeah, um, and if this was, if this was even like five, eight years ago, I wouldn't be saying that because that wasn't the necessarily normal thing. It was only your best players really had the opportunity to go out their junior years. Now it's like everybody kind of has that opportunity. Right. So. Yep. Um, so Tennessee definitely needs to sign a big time cornerback. They'd love to sign the kid out of Bluefield. Yeah. Maybe a uh, Darnell Wright can uh, can help in that regard. He's up. From uh, West Virginia, yeah, everybody unless from West Virginia knows one another. Unless right? they're hated rivals, yeah. It's not a very well. It's a very big area, but not a very you know population bigger. Yeah. Um, and then the Vols did not make the cut for um, four-star offensive lineman Dietrich Pennington out of Cordova, Tennessee. Um, kind of a head scratcher, I guess. Um, but they're they're still going to swing. They're still going to. Um, you know, be in his ear, and that's it's not a, too far away from, from Tennessee where if he's able to come on a visit, they might get back into the thick of things. Gotcha. And then uh, they're trending for a four-star tight end, Hudson Wolf. Um, um, real quick, Cordova, is that's where Jerry Banks is, went to high school, right? So is he not the same high school? He, he, just... he went to – he goes to ECS. So okay, Van, gotcha. Even, that's the hardest word in the English <laughs> dictionary. Evangelical Christian. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, gotcha. You said that right, by the way. Okay, appreciate it. I struggled. I had to think. Sorry. I had to really think about it. I just I, sounded out in my head and then and then pronounced it. I should say this. You said you said it how I would say it. That doesn't <laughs> make it right. It doesn't make it right. <laughs> what are how they say it in Bluefield, West Virginia? That sounds like the. I don't know. That just sounds. I, like I a, can't remember where uh, 
like a weekend, like a scary cabin getaway in Bluefield, West Virginia. <laughs> um, but like I said, they're they're um, trending for four star tight end Hudson Wolf, um, out of Savannah, Savannah, Tennessee, in Hardin County. Um, made up some ground on Ohio State. Take that, yeah. Day and the Ohio State, yeah. And urban. <laughs> I guess you're not there anymore, yeah. but you're still kind of there. You're always going to be at the school that Urban Meyer was at in Florida. <sighs> Effing Meyer, dude. <laughs> Effing more than that. Well, we we're going to talk about this guy in a later, but yeah. I hate him more than that guy. Well, let's get to that guy. Hold on, hold on. Good news before we get to that guy. Doug's. Doug's. Undefeated. Also. Senior day win in the snow. Yep. Yep. What a win. In the And he quit before the game really started to put on Orange Bridges. You got to. I hope. Trey Smith was probably in his ear. He's like, I, no, no. Absolutely not. I will I, put you on your ass. I need to see a day that the Tennessee football team has to go back in the locker room and change because we don't have orange bridges. Or that's kind of what Lane Kiffin did, except with black jerseys. Except with black jerseys. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the Alabama game beats Alabama. Oh, yeah, I guess we got to go back. Yeah, it goes uh, in overtime. Has the the big heart. Does go he? for two. <laughs> or his ball's bigger than Jeremy Pruitt's. Or Doug's bigger than Jeremy Pruitt's. Same See, size. Yeah, because I, th- I think Jeremy Pruitt does it too. Oh, Jeremy Pruitt does it. And it, it he gets walks Alabama, to the locker yeah. room, double burden, Alabama singing, we don't give a damn. By the way, stick around for our outro. I got a surprise for everybody at the end. Um, great outro today. But double burden singing, we don't give a damn about the whole state out. That'd be great. Yeah, um, he's like, he actually called Rashawn Golden to come help him. With his post game presentation, oh, so he he like showed everybody how to flip the bird. How to yeah, he was probably just... flip off Alabama. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, Rashawn Golden came to practice and did a little presentation before the before Friday before the during walkthroughs. Um, so it's like uh, Tanner off Bad News Bears teaches yep. Lupus how to how to flip somebody off <laughs> exactly, and they're just like yeah, in exactly. each other's face. Exactly that. Off. Okay, Rashawn Golden has uh, been a you know been great for uh, character building, if you will. Um, yeah, and telling the the terrible people of Alabama to where they can suck it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, I think Jerry Pruitt goes for two there. So Doug's is just following the heart. Of, I was of I ball. was really good. Like I know it's three yards away, but if he sent Caleb Presley over the top for the win, <laughs> that would have been that would have been greater. I see. I, I think you got to go. But with like, Joe, then is, you got to go. Do you have big balls, or are you just an idiot? Exactly. <laughs> is, was JoJo Smalls in the game? He scored it. See, I need JoJo Smalls to go over the top of the pile. So, yeah, they he loves the, the shark wheel. I oh, know. Shark wheel is not quite the, um, over the top. I don't know if this is – he likes the cross, too, but it's still a, a running back wheel. Yeah. Um, but he does love the – I love the shark wheel. I'm a big the shark, shark wheel The guy. shark wheel is an, is a very pleasing play to watch. Yeah, it's great. I hope I see, I hope I see a running back uh, by the name of Eric Gray running a little wheel route. Because every time, there. like – you're like, okay, you're putting a tight end or you're putting a linebacker on my running back. All yeah. right, Good I'll luck. just, yeah, I'll just, I'll just wait a second and throw this ball. I need to see a safety hold the the running back wheel and, and let him hit that that deep post one time. That's what I need to see. Be great. <laughs> Is it a deep? I'm trying to remember Shark Wheel. He always shows it, and you're like, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude, I... and he's playing Ole Miss in in Atlanta. What about that? Yeah, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> That's Heading awesome. to Atlanta. That's awesome. Um, Who did, he, did he play somebody after Alabama, or did he? So he played Missouri. Missouri. Okay. Um, kind of, kind of beat them pretty bad. I uh, got a fifty burger. Oh yeah, we got a fifty burger. That yep. night. That's right. And then struggled against Vandy today. 
hey, it's okay. Like he said, rivalries make it tough. A win is a win is a win, but hey, you got to win against Vandy. You got you to be Vandy. There's yep. no ifs, ands, or buts. Take care of business. He did. He took care of business all year long. But, dude, there were some close calls in 98. So, it, it's really feeling like 98. It really it really does. Right. Um, but, yeah, just big, big heart. Big heart. Oh, huge heart. Yep. <laughs> huge. Um, I do want to mention something. We were talking about recruiting, um, and somebody just tagged me in, in this. Okay. Um, so, my... Marcali, Markel, Markel, Markel Benton is a is a former four star inside linebacker, um, top one hundred player is actually entered the transfer portal. So I think he got suspended. Um, entered the transfer portal, um, but SEC Mike pointed out that his leading recruiters were Derek Ansley and Jeremy Pruitt. So where was he at before he transferred? He's at Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there is leading recruiters. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there again, anytime there's a a transfer, you you gotta make the connection to Tennessee. There's got to be some kind of way that they get to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That pipeline going. Do it. Um, need it. That's all I got, dude. The boys are back. The boys are back. We're back on campus. Yeah, with masks uh, voluntarily. And, uh, yeah, voluntarily. Um, masks. Temperature checks. I love it. Love it. I love to see the boys back. Absolutely. Um, Let's let's start talking about a little uh, Dabo Sweeney real quick. I don't want to stay on this too long. I just want to harp on this man. You're an idiot. Dude, he's the worst. You're an idiot. You can't. Who's who's the assistant coach? I meant to look it up. Did you get a name? Uh, I did have the name. Buddy. How stupid can you be? And then Dabo, it's the same thing as Urban Meyer. This assistant isn't prominent. Why are you sticking your neck out there to keep this guy on your staff? Why did you not fire Zach Smith the effing moment you got? Danny Pierman. And then you have this random dude who coaches what position? Uh, Special teams and um, tight ends. I'm firing his ass before we get off the field. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're an idiot, Abbo. You're an idiot. Yeah, so he... My thing is, like, you look like a a bigger idiot, I guess, if you fire him now. you can't, oh, like, yeah. Well, you have to fire him now. But, yes, you're right. They're folding to yeah. social media. I mean, yeah, you you can't win now, but you have to fire him. Yeah. You're right. That... Yeah, you, you, you look like an ass. And... There was a rumor about him funneling money through a church. Right. So before, if you don't know the Dabo story, so an assistant coach used, um, someone tweeted that uh, an assistant coach used a racial slur on the football field one day. I think, it sounded like several times. And then um, the assistant coach did not get fired. And it's still there currently. And this was several years ago. I don't know what he said um, about the Floyd stuff, but I'm, I'm going to imagine that judging by everything else he said, it's probably... Very dumb. Uh, but I don't know that statement. I'm not going to get into that because I don't know it. I know that the that Clemson's athletics confirmed that the assistant coach did it. They're not even combating it. And kept him on staff. Yeah. You're an idiot, Dabo. And You're then, immoral. And then you, you the assistant, assistant coach comes out and apologizes. But, dude, his apology was so bad. It was just like, 
Yeah, I heard, I overheard it, and I, I repeated it. But what's your okay? You've been working athletics for how long before that? Yeah, you've you been working. That was a word you shouldn't. You've say. been working around young black men for how long? And the only I'm assuming he's white. Yeah, he is. The only way you could use that term would be derogatory. You cannot say that. No. You cannot say that. So he basically said, I repeated it. Just like... No, you're wrong. And you should get fired for yeah. that because of what your position is. You, yes. And you used it derogatorily, apparently, is what the tweet said. Fired. Yep. Before you get off the field, you can leave before we leave. You're fired. Yeah, the funneling money through the church, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's some... I know they're not in the SEC, but that's SEC football country. I mean, they're, I would be more shocked if there aren't more churches in the SEC that have those, you know, classic $100 handshakes on Sundays with the student-athletes. <laughs> I just love how, like, Dabo Sweeney, like, thinks he's just, like... I, w- I wouldn't say he thinks he's better than everybody, but he he just acts kind of... Oh, he's annoying. He's one of the most annoying human beings I've ever watched. Like, the the underdog thing, like, he his team is always underdog, no matter who they're playing. They could pl- play New Mexico State Western Community College, and he'd be like, we're the underdog. They didn't pick us this week, guys. Yeah, they didn't you pick see us. The, you're not number one. Yep. Uh, I'm so sick of that, dude. You've won two national titles. This, I wonder if I mean, I, I would think because like apparently the underdog approach is the only approach that coaches use. Like, has there ever been a coach that's been like, "Hey, we're the best effing team in the country, and now we're going to go out there and step on these people's throats and prove it to them"? Yeah. Has there ever been a coach that. that said that? I would. You should. I mean that. That's what. It, Essentially, I mean, we're we are all about the take no quarter approach. <laughs> yeah, we don't like we want fifty burgers. We want fifty burgers. We, we want shutouts. Yeah, and I mean, I get as a college coach, you kind of have to pitch your way into the top, you know, into the um, into the the playoffs. But at some point, like you're in the Power Five conference, if you go win ball games, you don't have to pitch yourself into the the playoff four. And then if you're really good at football, it, doesn't, it shouldn't matter who you play in the semifinal. Just go win. You get a chance, you're in there, go win. NASCAR ball, Dabo obviously is a great coach, but that doesn't take away from him being an annoying human being. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it was 2017, his players wanted to go, like, do a peaceful protest somewhere, and he would forbid them to do it and said that it was a distraction. I don't remember him doing that, but I know he had some so, not great comments on Colin Kaepernick. So. Yeah, that too. Um, but, yeah, I just – for a guy that uses his platform to – you know, say his faith, and I'm not hating on him for doing that. Right. But you're not going to let your own players use their platform to protest something that they feel passionately about? That... Really? Yeah, I don't like Dabo. I'll say I mean, it. You're, he's annoying. Those You need those players. That, I mean, You that, don't win national champions without those players. That's the bottom line with Dabo, too, is I don't think he has publicly stated his appreciation, I guess. For his players, yeah, I think you could. I think you can tell some of the coaches, and I don't. I don't think necessarily every coach does that conveys that appropriately. But I don't. I don't know. Dabo is very annoying. I think he. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying he's a bad person, but I think he uh, is a fraud about a lot of the things in his personal life. Yep. So, um, if if you really want people to not view you as, you know, lesser team because. You're in the ACC. Play a better schedule. That too. That too. Very annoying human being. Great coach. Very annoying human being. Um, so, let's go to our segments. Jumbotron. You told it to me and I've already forgotten it. Uh, worst uniforms in the SEC. Worst uniforms in the SEC. Let me... Okay, do you got one yet in your head? 
Uh, number one, mine would definitely be Vanderbilt. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's an easy one to pick. Yeah, it's just... The gold's ugly. They do get saved by the black a little bit, but... Then they use the gray too much. It's like the... Yeah, they need just stick with the black. The black black makes any uniform look good. Yeah. So stick with the black. Uh, my first one's Kentucky, because they, number one, stole the checkerboard from Tennessee. Stole and number two, they use, like, blue and black or blue and blue checkerboards. Yeah, what is so your ugly. primary color? It's so or ugly. your secondary color? I know some people like the chrome helmets. Chrome helmets are ugly. I hate chrome helmets. Do they look good as, like, shelf, like, memorabilia? Yeah. They do not look good being played with on a field. And they chip easy. <laughs> I'm sure they chip easy. I don't, I don't know that personally, <laughs> but I'm sure. Uh, my next one would be South Carolina. I feel like it's the same ugly. reason. The the black and the white clash. Like, yeah. you got to pick one. South Carolinas are ugly. Um, my next one is, uh, we've already got Kentucky, Mizzou, and Vandy already here. Uh, my next one, I'm... I'm I don't know if it's maybe the top in the SEC, but Landon's already said some that I hate. So I'm going to go with Florida. And here's the thing about Florida. They have some great uniforms, but they always play in the ugliest ones. Their helmets are terrible. They need to go to the white ones with the power F on them. Um, but, yeah, they those are ugly. Their orange and blue looks terrible. They do get the world's worst alternate jerseys with those. Did they ever actually wear them? Those gator skin ones? Like the gator print? They, they have one. Of them. God. Yeah. Why? That's that's the ugliest uniform I've ever, ever seen in my life. Um, and then their their normal ones don't look great, but the ones they wore they wore them several times when when Tebow played the Power F with like the the blue looked good. Um, it wasn't too much orange on it. It's the white yeah. helmet, the, the white helmet looks fantastic. Yeah. They should stay with the white helmet. Yep, I agree. Um, but yeah, they're they're not. So, uh, uh, your last one, my last one would probably be probably Arkansas. Yeah, they dude, they're. That's they're another team that has an alternate that look good. They have that uh, the one they wear. I think they wear it when they play uh, Missouri. That the, that the like, gray, huh? The, is it the gray? No, it, it's their normal color. Have you it's seen just, the gray helmet? I'm sure it looks terrible. No, so it's right there. Oh, this is a real helmet. I guess. Which one is it? That one? Oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. No, that looks awful. <laughs> They've worn that. I guess. Oh my god! I just think like they. It looks like they've tried to be Alabama, with a lot of red. Yeah, that looks. Yeah, no, I, Arkansas's jerseys are definitely ugly. Yep, they're ugly. Um, I agree with Landon on all these, so I'm, but I'm trying to give you guys some different ones. I think Missouri's uniforms need some work. Now they have had some good helmets. They've had some good, but yeah, everything else is uh, nice. ugly. Um, but again, they're a team that I don't think utilizes the black enough. Like South Carolina. South Carolina looks great in black helmets, but they wear those scarlet ones way too often. Yep. Um, BVD also said, no such thing as a power, a freaking power F unless you're referring to FU Gators. I am, so that's good. <laughs> and it's a very powerful FU Gators. Very so. powerful. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, let's go to stupidity. Stupidity is an epidemic. A lot of stupidity A lot of stupidity out here. A lot of stupid people. Uh, my first one's going to be a tweet right before we started this. Uh, I've got to share it with you guys. Sam Rogers at Sam Scully 20. He's coming in with the hottest of the worst takes ever. Uh, Big Cat tweeted about the Kentucky game tonight at 9. Uh, someone tweeted back and said, if you lose the UK, I'm unfollowing everything Barstool. Sam Rogers came in with a, you should be used to getting your ass clapped by Kentucky in football. No reason to unfollow your favorite content. I mean, that's just the dumbest 
stupidest thing I've ever heard. Has he ever seen a game ever? I don't know. Like I don't know if he has does. he only seen like two in the last fifty years. I don't know if he watches football. Like I don't think he can watch. Like there's no way he watches football. What a moron! <laughs> I mean, you all don't even clap our asses in basketball. No, we're good for at least one a year. It's two a, last year. It's a bad take. <laughs> Terrible uh, take. First, I want to mention this is not a stupidity. This is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. <clears throat> Maine, Maine football program, their uh, schedule poster utilized the offensive that is, linemen. That is that was going to be most important. Yeah. So it, it, <laughs> I, I just I just forgot all about it. Uh, but yeah, just a beautiful thing. Wearing number sixty nine, got the belly out. I mean, dude, here, I'll, I'll see if I can share it up. That's that's just freaking beautiful. See Love if it. I can get us a picture in here real quick. Love it. Um, so my next, my first stupidity is a uh, Cash Daniel actually uh, tweeted at me. Um, yeah, or, or replied, I guess. Um, so he he was talking about Barstool and how Coach Doug is going to lose to Kentucky, and then I. Uh, I uh, quote tweeted and said, watch out for ankle twists in the bottom of the piles. And uh, he tweeted back at me and said, here's your 10 seconds of fam, bub. Also, Have a good one. How is it 10 seconds? It's a tweet. It's not like a video. Or anything. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So how long... Also, why do you respond to that? You did it. <laughs> Wait, does Cash Daniel think that um, Twitter is Snapchat? Maybe. Is he that confused? Thinks it goes away real quick. Yeah, that's Dude, it. somebody needs to check him out. He might... <laughs> have a concussion he could have cte um, <laughs> all right i'm gonna share you with you guys this uh the the picture landon's talking about because it, it's too fantastic in case you haven't seen it, seen it in case you're not on twitter i mean that is a glorious picture yeah utilize you, utilize the offensive line do you think he wears 69 or you think he just did it for that picture i hope he just did it for that picture. I, I hope so too um and nice. now, now it's got to be your jersey yeah because nice. people like are gonna know who you are yeah. So I think it's great. I think Tennessee does a great job of utilizing the offensive linemen. They do a great job of Trey Smith um, and, and guys in the past. But I, I would love to see more posters with offensive linemen on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Feed the beef. Yeah. I got this is my last one. I don't think I have any more. Um, it is a new social media, but is also using Twitter to advertise it. I, I don't know. Have you ever seen Facebook or Twitter advertised on each other? No. I mean, either. It's weird. Um, they are. It's called Fans Plan, and it said, "Ever wanted to learn how to be an NFL coach or be a better leader? Learn today from former head coach Hugh Jackson on only on FansPlan.com." Someone tweeted, "This is the last person I would l- listen to on how to be an NFL coach." And someone tweeted, "Yeah, because you made it to the league, right?" Is that our only argument? Like, you made it there. <laughs> I guess. And I mean, Butch Jones what a is, dumb, a head, is a head yeah, coach. Yeah, I know, right? So. And what a dumb platform. Like, first off, what a dumb idea for social media. Apparently, you pay for a subscription to listen to what sounds like failed people tell you how to do stuff. Mm. Also, the logic is so flawed in the, they did it, they did it, so you should listen to them. Yeah, like, get, that's a, terrible get the logic. participation award. Yeah. Out. There's been a lot of people that have driven cars that have uh, crashed their cars. <laughs> I'm not going to let them teach me. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, that's yeah, that's that's bad logic there. Um, my next one is my our good buddy Dan Wolken. Oh, um, I actually had to find like I had to get somebody to send this to me because I'm blocked. I'm um, not blocked, and I've said I'm, I've said some hateful things to him. I thought I would I would. I guess it. not hateful enough, Caleb. I'm not. I'm You're sorry. not part of the the cool kids <laughs> club. Um, but so with the Atlanta Braves, 
you know, did their um, they kind of talked about the the situation going on with racism, and they just wanted to let everybody know that they back everybody. Um, a, a lot of teams are doing that, and so Dan Walken comes in and says, "So no more tomahawk chop, right?" I just, I mean, a lot of people think it's racist. I'll give them that. A lot of people think it's racist. I, I don't, I haven't read enough about it. Yeah, but I mean, it, it's it, it's not like what's. They were literally just like backing the situation, and you come in with, I just don't understand. Like, what does he do? Does he just stay on Twitter and just try to call people out all day? Oh yeah, I mean that's it. That's his only job. So dumb. <laughs> that's his only job. Uh, that's all I've got for stupidity. Um. Yeah, I guess that's all I got too. Dan Wolken, round out the Dan Wolken West Rucker Stupidity Award. Congratulations, <laughs> you win it this week, every week, every always. week. Yep, it's probably the only thing you've won in your life. So congratulations. Um, I'm glad. But you, you made it. Yeah, I'm glad more important issues <laughs> could assist you in this you fantastic got award. Uh, we're proud of you here. We are. That's all I got. That's it, guys. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow Volunteer Roadshow on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. You can find a ton of, ton of content there and on volunteerroadshow.com. Make sure you create that account. You'll be entered to win a drawing each week. Landon's about to give you that winner. Make sure you hit retweet, like, share, whatever it is. Um, guys, we appreciate you guys listening to the show tonight. And, and always, we uh, we really do. It's always fun to be with you guys Sundays and Wednesdays as well. Um, appreciate you. Landon has got a winner for the Hound Dogs $25 gift card. So the winner is... Jeremiah Boshear. Jeremiah Boshear, congratulations. If I think I said that. Not right. how you say your name. We apologize, but you want a gift card, so that's all that matters. I mean, how would you say it? Not that you would be right if you said the uh, same yeah. <laughs> That looks like that looks like it's definitely Boshear. Like I don't okay. know how. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Jeremiah Boshear, congrats. Um to cash that in, email uh Billy Ratliff at volunteerroadshow.com mm-hmm. or Bobby C at volunteerroadshow.com within a week. To claim your prize. Guys, that's all we got. We're in June. That's yep. weird. It, it is weird. Welcome. Hey, we're getting closer to football season. Hopefully. Football Hopefully. Season. Hopefully. Um, that's all we got. We're bringing the boat in, and we out.